0: Welcome back to another episode of Close to the Vest. My name is Arthur Ettinger, and I am a divorce lawyer talking about everything and everything about divorce and relationships. I am happy to have today in the studio, Kimberly Pearson and Rebecca Cohen. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. you. So um, before uh, I actually this is my second introduction. And when I first started, um, I actually introduced Kimberly as uh spinner, her, I guess, uh, married name. And, uh, you guys did not see that, or maybe you will see it. uh, uh that's, we'll see about that. Um, and then there was a discussion about how that's not your maiden name and you've actually gone back to your maiden name. So, I think this is actually a great, and this had nothing to do with what I had planned on talking about. Um, you guys first, I just want to let the audience know, you guys are in a mom's group out here on Long Island. Um, a single mom's group. And I had a lot of different questions I wanted to talk about. Uh, but the, the concept really, you know, this podcast is a, a what to expect, what to expect when you're divorcing for people either going through a divorce, uh, who have uh, who are thinking about going through a divorce, who have already maybe gone through a divorce and just want to continue to listen uh, to stuff on the space. And um, it was, to me, important to bring people on who have kind of gone through the cheese grater, so to speak, and are on the other side and what they, what wisdom they can impart and the strengths and weaknesses uh, of their growth. And you guys have great stories individually. But I'd love to really just touch upon um, your reaction when I introduced you to your married name, because we deal with that as matrimonial lawyers. And everybody, if I brought in 10 individuals to talk about, you know, their right to use their maiden name, i I'd probably have 15 different uh, reactions. So if you don't mind sharing with uh, with us in the audience um, what it was for you when you were going through it and where you are today and you know what the decision you made.
1: Okay, so when I was going through my divorce, I was also, um, I had gotten divorced and then I also had two very traumatic losses in my life, um, my cousin and my father. So it was like I had lost three men at the same time. And I had also started my yoga teacher training all at the same time. So when I started my yoga teacher training, that's the journey into the self. And in doing that, seeing the name Spinner on everything, or his name on everything, didn't feel authentic to me anymore. And for myself, I understood my daughter had his name and, she was, and that was her name and she was proud of it and I was proud of it. But I just felt for me, for me to really get into myself and find myself, I needed to go back to who I was. I needed to start taking the name off. And that's why on all of my social media, on all of my emails and everything, I just took the name off and I became Kimberly Angela. I used my middle name. And then, you know what, I really realized I really loved my middle name that never got much use.
0: That's awesome.
1: And um, then it was like, yeah, so it was refinding myself. So I know a lot of my friends have kept their married names and stayed with their daughters or their children in any way that they wanted to. And I think it's every woman gets to choose what feels right for her. But for me, it was important for me to find myself that way by, by cutting all ties. I didn't want any ties with his name or anything <laughs> um, financially, physically. I get it. Yeah. That, that felt, that was good for me to separate.
0: How about you, Rebecca?
2: Um, I still go by my married name. Um, for a couple of reasons. One is my kids have the name and I, I kind of wanted to, when I was going through it, I kind of wanted to stay like with the same name as them. Um, I hate (laughs) that I have his name, of course, (laughs) still. Um, and I would love to change it at some point, but I just haven't really like, I probably maybe got there like a year ago where I was like, I'm really ready to change that name. Um, and I will at some point, but for now it's still, you know, I built my business with sure. my current last name also is another piece of it is that I, um, I built my business with that name. And so that's what people know me as too. So, um, to change it is a business decision too.
0: Yeah. Cause that's, that's your brand. Mm-hmm. And I've actually also seen in a lot of situations where maybe at work, they're one name and then at home, you know, just like you have a work personality, you have a home personality. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's, there's, the beauty of it is that there's really, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, it's your answer. So whatever your answer is and what you want to do is really is the right answer. And I think that's really the underlying topic here is um, uh, to segue is like, what, your journey was, and like, I think um, when I spoke to both of you offline, um, what I got from both of you, you guys have different stories, but it was really, how do I go through this process uh, without butchering the family, because both of you are moms and you have children, young children. And so I'd really like to just kind of dive in to that topic um, and what you both did individually to um protect your kids and uh how that has evolved and what you can share to the audience
1: yeah i'm just to say just about the name change thing because she just did bring it up before we go into everything else it is a huge process to change the name it is not an easy process it's a lot of work not like you said not only professionally but all the paperwork and everything that you have to go through and then The finances and everything. So it was a lot of work. So I understand why it's much easier sometimes to just not do all the work. And in that, I don't think I'll ever change my name again. (laughs) (laughs) I think I get married. I think I'm done. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. this is my name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so going back to what you said, protecting our families, I think that that's the most important thing is going through a divorce because emotions are flying and everybody is playing on everybody else's emotions and so many different things are struggling and going on and when it becomes law I don't know if you felt this way Rebecca but I always I felt like I was scared for the first time in my life I was scared I felt like everything I was doing was scrutinized I couldn't post on Facebook I couldn't post on Instagram I you know I just became very into myself into a depression and um my story probably is different I mean I was pretty much um yeah, you know, I was being attacked. I was, my daughter was try was being taken from me or was trying to be taken from oh, wow. me. So it was, there was a lot of, um, different things going on. So how do you keep all of those things that are going on around and not affect the child? Like not, not asking questions, not questioning the child, not bringing the child into your information, into what's going on. Um, but unfortunately for me, like I feel like my daughter like, did have to take on all that stuff at a very young age. She did have to take on a maturity and grow up really fast. So at three, four years old, she was, I was explaining things to her that I wish, you know, I kind of feel like she skipped out in a childhood. And she always felt like she had to take care of her parents and going back and forth between different houses and different emotions and who's dating who and all these different things. So I think... I'm proud of what we've went through and where we've come. You know, I don't look like I look back and I'm like, oh, I do wish things would have been different. But in my spiritual background, too, I believe that we choose our lives and we choose our journey and we choose our parents. Um, So we choose the situation so that we can learn and grow as souls. Um, And I think my daughter did a great job rising above that. And now at 11 years old, we have a relationship and she gets it. We're just very upfront about everything.
0: How's your relationship with your ex?
1: It's um it hasn't gotten any better in all the years. Um, and I think that that's the big part is that um every single person's walking around with their own illusion. And if your ex is gonna see you the way he's gonna see you, my ex is gonna see me. There's no amount of yoga or reiki or praying or preaching I could do to mm-hmm. make him see me as as, you know, a different person. He mm-hmm. has his vision of me. I'm the person that broke the marriage i'm the person that did all these things and i've had to accept that and i've had i've done a lot of therapy and a lot of spiritual work to accept that this is the way he is he's her father he has a good relationship with her his relationship's not great with me how do i work around that without letting myself feel like what he says is true or taking on those emotions or those anger that he comes at me with you know i've had to learn how to set that aside and not take that on and then also um not respond in emotional ways and i think that that's the most important thing when going through a divorce One of i've been told by whoever um you know write every response like an email that you would email to
0: a coworker,
1: and don't put any emotion involved in it
0: it's so true
1: and that's been helpful for me even though like i might go oh my god i'm gonna freak out and i'm gonna write all these things and then i take a deep breath Okay, thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, um I think there's a meme that goes around like it, and it says, you know, when you get to the point where you can type out the whole paragraph in a text message and then you delete the whole paragraph and you write back the words okay. You know, it's like
0: it is so true. like you got
2: it out, but nobody else actually received it and then you just took the high road.
1: Yes. Yeah. And when you get those those three paragraph text uh-huh. messages emails it's just like all right um, okay. you only respond to what's important and leave all the other stuff
0: all caps highlight and yellow yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i think one of the biggest things for me was that i was always being spoken to like the the underlying theme all the time was that i was a bad mother and that was something that was really hard because i think as mothers that's all we want to do it's our greatest job in the world it's you know what we want to do most so being told you're a bad mother all the time you have to learn how to not believe it and then unbrainwash yourself from being told that and telling yourself that it's okay. And then taking time to yourself, this is okay. Like self-care is okay. Like I'm allowed to take time. to myself. I'm allowed to nurture myself and be better. So that, that was the really hard part of my journey.
2: I think that, I think that a lot of women feel that way. Um, because it's, I think that there's a little bit of a, stigma that's more attached to women than it is to men, possibly, that anytime we do anything for ourselves, it's selfish if we have kids, you know, I shouldn't sleep in, I should get up and be with my kids immediately, you know, it's every single moment of our lives should be 100% dedicated to either work or kids or home, or, you know, something productive, never for ourselves.
1: Yeah, living up to the expectations
2: and it's and it's an unrealistic expectation that has I think has been placed on women for tons of years and when you're in a divorce i think it comes out because you have another person who knows you more intimately than anyone who can pull at your most sensitive areas mm-hmm. very easily
0: i think <clears throat> i think it's really important actually when you're going through a divorce to focus on self-care you know and so can you just speak to what it is you did to help go through during that difficult process, what you did to keep grounded and to keep your head on straight.
2: Um, So as I started um, the separation process, I, for the first time in several years, started working. Um, I had taken many years to be off with the kids. Um, So I started working again, and then through the process of work, I kind of found myself more on like a personal development journey. Um, So it became important to me to like go to conferences for personal development or to read books on personal development. Um, And then to just learn how becoming the best version of myself helped me become the best mom for Mm -hmm. my kids and, you know, the best person in other areas of my life. You know, I think that, When you can better yourself in any way, you become better at everything else you do. It reflects in every single part of your life. So I think that that was a really important piece. It was just really looking inward at a personal development, um, you know, from a personal development aspect and seeing, you know, what can I do better for my body? What can I do better for my, um, my mind, my spirit, my kids? You know, it all translates.
1: Yeah, um as I mentioned I had started my yoga teacher training. Like um I had finished you know, I'm a teacher and um I had finished my administrative degree and I kind of was at like oh, I've done everything that I kind of wanted to do. So let me do the yoga teacher training. And then you know dealing with the loss and the loss of um my marriage. I was like, "Okay, how am I going to do all this now being a single mom working full time and 300 hours of yoga teacher training. Um, but what I found was as soon as you devote and set the intention for self-care, everything just magically, the door is open. So if you think that you can't do it, you're just going to keep staying in that mindset. Every single person has the same 24 hours, what we choose to do with it. And when I said I want to do the yoga teacher training, I would walk out my door and someone would be at the door like, oh, I'll watch your daughter. Can she come over for an hour? And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, I can get to the yoga class. You know, people just come out and people were supportive. And so I really I got into the yoga teacher training. And then as soon as I um, got my yoga certification, I went right for Reiki. And between those two things and understanding um, the principles of both, it's all about self-care. That's, and yeah. and that like really helped me grow and that, uh in yeah. constant sure and that's and, a job
0: in and of itself um and so is there anything that like looking back that you would have done differently
1: I wouldn't have done anything differently but if I had advice to give myself at that time it would be everything's going to work out. Like, don't believe this. Don't believe that you're in a cage. Like I thought I was in a cage. I thought I couldn't do anything. I thought I was just so scared and fragile. And every time I got an email, I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So I lived this like in fight or flight response, constant stress at all times. And so if I could go back and um, tell me at that time, it would be like, Just relax. It's all an illusion. Everything will be okay. You know, sure. you're not in, immediate danger but at that time i was just very nervous but i'm glad that i did everything i did because i went through the process i went through the steps i went through the depression and just like any loss or any illness or divorce or anything it, it it's how you choose to deal with it it can be a spiritual involvement or spiritual awakening or it, you could be angry and just circle back
0: you're right
2: yeah and i think that um When I look at what I've learned through the process and when I speak to other women who are unhappy in their marriage, what I've found is that sometimes I think when I, when I listen to what they say, I think you're not taking care of yourself and I see it very often. And I just think, have you tried putting yourself first? For before you decide what you want to do with your marriage, have you decide, tried just putting yourself first? Because I think that sometimes people get lost in marriage and lost in parenthood and they forget about them, their own identity. They lose their own sense of self when their sense of self is completely attached to other people. Um, and I think that somebody who's contemplating going through a divorce or contemplating whether or not they're happy in their marriage maybe the first thing that they need to do is do some self-focus.
0: So, you know, so I've been through the process myself. And uh, part of the reason why uh, I felt like it's important for me to do this, you know, this setup so I can kind of share some wisdom, not only in my profession, but the experiences that I've gone through personally. And and I know that the process, in and of itself, having been a litigant and having gone through the horrible divorce process, even with all the knowledge I have, it the, my outlook is I'm a better dad and I'm a better partner and I'm a better matrimonial lawyer. And so I have to believe that you know you deal with people going through divorce and they're purchasing real estate. And that's a whole other podcast in and of itself where you have two different people who have two different, you know, goals with the home and you're in the middle and you need to sell the real estate. And, uh, and then, and you, you're dealing with children who are going through a divorce. So I'm curious how, like both of you, how your own experiences has affected, uh, how you handle your day-to-day jobs?
2: Um, for me, it has been, it actually makes my job easier in that way. Um, you know, with my job, I find it really important to be a good listener to my clients and to understand their needs. You know, when we understand their needs, we can serve them better. When I have a client who's gone through a divorce and we're helping them sell their house. Um, it's very easy for me to tune in to what their immediate needs are, or when they say something, I might be able to interpret where they're coming from emotionally because I've been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you just sort of understand like what else might be going on in their life that we that we don't know about. What are the other things that are possibly happening that are driving them to say this? And I think um, being attuned to your client's emotional needs in that sense helps you serve their
1: other needs as well. Sure. Um, And absolutely. I'm I'm an elementary school teacher and a special ed teacher, and like I said, a yoga teacher. So um, I have kids coming to me all the time going through it, and I see behaviors that are displayed. But not only that, I think it's also watching the students and dealing with that has also taught me how to deal with my daughter at home and seeing what's going on and talking to her teachers. So, um, every hardship we have just gives us more perspective. It really does. It gives us more understanding, more perspective, more ability to reach more people and have more compassion. So absolutely it's helped me in school. It's also helped me with working with other women that need help. And, um, I've had a lot of women that have come to me for Reiki um, that weren't sure if they were going to go through a divorce or not, or didn't even know what was going on. And then we go through a Reiki session and then afterwards have a conversation and do a spiritual reading and be like, all right, like I need to make a choice here. You know, this is what's coming up. So divorce has um, come out in all areas of my life. So. I definitely think it was part of my journey um, so that I would have that perspective to be able to teach and help and work with amazing women and
0: work with you. <laughs> awesome. So you mentioned before, and I, I love this topic because I think people, um, you mentioned how you had to stop posting on social media. Mm-hmm. I bring this up all the time because as a litigator, I use it as a tool. People are very foolish and they make mistakes. And especially uh, on social media, there are so many nuggets uh, that can be used. Uh, Just the process is inherently adversarial. So can you just speak to the audience as to just elaborate what you mean by you had to shut it down um, and like maybe how that impacted you?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we can talk, uh, going back to before I got divorced, I'll never forget, Um, I called one of my best friends. and I'm like, I'm so depressed. And she was like, really? Because your social media is hot. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you look like you're so happy. And I'm like, and this is why I need need help because I'm living an unauthentic life. What I'm posting on social media, right? Like, even when I was in the divorce, wasn't how I was feeling. And it felt very unauthentic. And that was a huge eye-opener for me. And then when I was going through the divorce, yes, it was like, I didn't want anyone to, I didn't want him to know where I was, what I was doing, and then the the lawyers and and everything else. So it was just, um, it was hard because there were some times where I wanted to be like, oh, you know, here I am with my friends or this is a nice moment. And I didn't feel like I could do that without getting some kind of backlash or judgment or and, and constant fear and worry. So, but that's just where I was at that time. Sure. Um, and then it was, you know, it was a slow process of getting back into it. But I think it also developed what I wanted to be on social media. Because it's interesting when you look at memories of nine years ago and you're like, who was that person? Right. And you feel like I don't need, like the evolvement. And then my post on social media and what I was posting ended up being a more positive thing anyway than where I was from when, the beginning. But it was a huge process of change. It's interesting to watch it when you look at the memories.
0: Sure. Um, I don't know if you had any experience with social media at all or,
2: um, well, I have lots of experience with social media, <laughs> but I did not really have too much of it in my divorce. Um, I think early on in the process, it was, um, a lot of his family would come back and give me feedback on what I posted on social media. Cause I realized like, oh, we're like still friends or they follow me or something Um, and then the day that I realized that I went on and I blocked all those people (laughs) (laughs) because I just thought to myself, you know what, um, leaving it available for them to give their opinion on my life is, I don't really have room for that in, in my heart. So I was like, um, we don't have to share our life with these people. Um, and that was at a point where it was like, you know, families are like, Oh well, you must have been wrong. No, you must have been wrong. You know, they all have their opinions at different points. Um, so I did some unfriending and some blocking at some point, but I continued to just move forward, and I um I wasn't doing anything wrong, so I had nothing to worry about. And and if somebody else had an opinion about it, I kind of let it let it be. But I also was not in a situation where my divorce was um. Uh, what's the word I'm looking Hostel? for? It was not hostile. That's I awesome. I mean, it was not fun, but it was not hostile.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know uh, Rebecca that you were in an um, interfaith marriage. Uh huh. Um, your ex is Jewish and you're not. So and, and that comes up a lot, and in a lot of in a lot of circumstances, it's a non-issue, mm-hmm. and it should be a non-issue. You know the children have the benefit of being exposed to uh, two cultures. Um, you know, and uh, I've seen that in my blended family um, and my uh, ex. Same thing, but it so easily can go sideways. So if you can just, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's struggling with this issue. Yeah. Um So if you can just speak to that.
2: Um. So um. Yes. So I got married and I was Catholic and i my ex-husband was jewish um when i was pregnant i actually converted to judaism so that the children would be born jewish we decided to raise them jewish um so my children were born jewish and um you know we when we agreed we actually have it in our divorce agreement that the kids will be raised jewish um you know it was a commitment we made whenever we had them sure and we felt it was important that they have an identity so um we agreed to raise them Jewish. Um we no, none of us are really practicing much of anything right. right now. Um but they have, you know, if somebody at school says, "Oh, what are you?" they say, "I'm Jewish." Um, and we just kind of make it work. You know, I honestly, I do not care what religion they are. I don't practice anything really. Sure but I've gone far away from Judaism because I, it's not really a part of my life. Um, but I don't care what they are, and I'll teach them anything. And I think that um, when we look at what's really it, what really is important to our kids, um, while a faith, while a certain faith might be important to us, if we were okay with our children being this way or the other way when we were married, then we should still be okay with them being this way or that way when we're not married because being married or being unmarried actually has nothing to do with our children's faith at that point. Um, You know, and I think that that's consistent with many of the, the decisions you make as a parent is if, you know, your decisions should probably be pretty consistent whether you're married or not married because, Your decisions are about what's best for your kids, not what's best for you.
0: I say this all the time.
2: Sometimes you don't like those decisions. You know, I don't like that I'm not going to see my kids for two weeks over Christmas, but they're going to have an amazing Christmas with their cousins, right? Maybe not this year, but, you know, under normal circumstances, we have our kids do things because it's good for them. And, you know, we we should celebrate the things that make them happy even more than when they're the things that make us a little bit sad sometimes.
0: I think it's such an enlightened way of looking at it. And unfortunately, it doesn't always align that way, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, people are too much set in their positions and nervous. If I agree now, what's going to, how is it going to impact me on these other issues? And so, um, you know, I'm just curious for both of you, were you able to get to that, Finish line early on in the process, or did it take some time for there to be some sort of transformation?
2: Um, I think it's for me personally. It was a decision that both of us made immediately in the process. That um, you know that we kind of we had our days and we have our holidays and we we have all of our things that are outlined in this agreement, right? Sure. But we also agreed that. We weren't going to track our days like crazy. We're not going to hold everything so strictly to this agreement that it makes any of us in this family uncomfortable or unhappy. Um, and I think that kind of is a has been a better approach for us. I mean, even all the time, he wants things that I don't want. I want things that he doesn't want. We both have to make choices sometimes. That we're not always happy about. It's not ideal, but in the in the big picture, you know whether you get the kids on Wednesday or on Thursday is really a a teeny tiny thing. So true. Compared to um, lifelong happiness,
1: or you know, creating the life that you want with your kids. Sure. And um, I think that's it's control, right? You think. Everyone thinks what is right and what what could be Rosa. If she's with me more because now she's getting older and she's a girl, like that would be better and I could do this. But is that what the child wants? Is that what she wants? Is that what's best for her or is that what I feel is best for me? Um, and I don't think I'll ever see eye to eye with um, Leah's father. And that's okay because that's why we're divorced. Right. You know, um, It makes sense. But I noticed that he's going to be the way he is. And I had to change how I act and how I respond in order to make it flow. And I'm sure he's doing that, too, in his way. He's worked some way to, like, try to make uh, things better. Um, But, yeah, but that's the most important thing. Is what's best for them and having those conversations because your kids can tell you they can speak they can say what they want and what they need so having those conversations finding out what's best for them without trying to influence their decisions um, I think that's you know that's what always works for me and she's been stepping up and sometimes if I know that I can't talk to her father about something I'll talk to her about it Mm -hmm. And what do you think about it and then why don't you have that conversation with your father sure and then when it comes from her, the conversation, but if it came from me, it would be, you're telling me what to do or something, you know? So whatever you got to do, sometimes we got to all just make it work for our children sure. in the best way possible.
0: So when we spoke uh, the other day and we were talking about things to talk about here um, and I asked like some of the struggles that you were you know, dealing with at the time. And one of the things which hit me you said that trying to figure out knowing that you had to let go to the process and I think that's really profound um and so can you just tell me and for the audience what you meant by that and how you were able to kind of um work through it
1: um like I said letting go surrender like that was, that was just kind of what I came to every single point was um, I felt a lot of times that I had absolutely no control over the outcome and that everything was in his favor and there was nothing that I was going to be able to do. And then I would surrender. And as soon as I would surrender, I would cry, I would pray, I would go through my whole thing, um, <laughs> chanting with my crystals and everything else. And um, like magic, everything would change. Everything would go in the direction. So I realized when I was fighting and fighting and fighting for control and fighting against the fears and the anxieties and thinking that I wasn't enough or that I couldn't do everything I needed to do, as soon as I surrender and let God take over, that was when everything just opened up. So for me, it was really more about, yeah, like letting go, letting go of trying to do everything right and be everywhere and and fix everything and be the best mom or the best person and just let go and surrender. And every time I surrendered, everything started working.
0: So as a, as a matrimonial practitioner, it resonates in a different way to me. Um, It being, if you let go to the process, because the process is not perfect, but it's a process. And that's what we have. And if you, embrace it, you end up getting control. You you let go of the control, but ultimately you get a resolution that you can control as opposed to a complete stranger who wears a robe and is going to decide the fate of your family with a butcher knife instead of, we say, like, you know, a precise needle because you're more in control of how things can look in your document as opposed to a judge making a decision. And I thought that's really very impactful the way you, uh, the way you described it. So.
1: Oh, see. When, when we went through the, the document part, that, that was a, that was a lot, you know, there was a lot of going back and forth. There was a lot of writing. There was a lot of, um, nitpicking. I mean, it honestly came down to signing over giving China, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it was, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, I think I, I went more of, um, like I said, surrendering like above the process of, right. of all of the divorce and the legal stuff and, and just surrendering to the above. And what was overturned and what was changed through my legal process could not have been done by anything other than a higher power. That's another podcast. There you go, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you guys are part of a single moms group, and I think that's amazing. Um, there are some people out there who say, why? And they say, you know, some people say there's a stigma. Why should you do that? And to me, it's a, it's a support group, you know, and there are a lot of people out there who are going at this alone. And so I would love for you guys to share what it was for you and what it is for you. uh, Because People need to have support when they're going through a difficult process, whether it's grieving the loss of a marriage or a loss of a loved one. Um, so can you just share on that topic?
2: Um, I think that for this particular for our group um, it's it's more unique, I think, because it is full of positivity. Um, I think it's very easy when you're going through a divorce to get together with your girlfriends and complain. Um, and that is not what this is at all. It's actually more like um, a group of women who have all been at different stages of this. And we, I, I mean, we talk about our situations, but we don't actually sit and complain about them. Um, sometimes we listen and recommend or say like, this worked for me or this is what we're doing or we just share. But we also try to do things that make us better or just give us um, just time to spend with other people who have gone through or are going through the same thing. Um, but it's a very positive group, and it's really um, it's really focused more towards coming out of this on the other side, stronger and better than you ever were. Um, you know divorce is a, is an identity shift you're really changing who you are. Um, Just like when you get married, it's an identity shift. Or when you become a parent, it's an identity change. Um, Divorces too. So um, if you can spend time with people who are also strong and who have also made it through this, then I think that you're going to come through your divorce a lot better. You know, they say that you should surround yourself with people who are better than you. Um, So if you're surrounding yourself with that kind of strength and positivity, you're really going to improve yourself. Same time.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, I, you know, when I was going through my divorce, I did have my yoga teacher group that um, was very supportive and everything. But there, I wish there was something like this when I was at that stage because there's nothing like someone that's going through exactly what you've been through or that you can relate to. Um, so for me, this group has been incredible. And especially because. There's things that I do know a lot about and there's things that I don't know a lot about. So I love that every woman in this group offers so much and offers a different avenue to learn from and to grow from. And it doesn't matter where you are in this, in your divorce, whether you're at the beginning or the end, there's support and there's growth and there's something for you. So that has been everything to me and just meeting all of the women and the networking. I just, I feel so grateful. Awesome. I think it's really valuable to see that um, single moms
2: are not barefoot and poor and like, we're not pathetic. Right. <laughs> you so know, true. so whenever, you know, when you get this group together and you see that we've all been through this terrible thing, but
1: we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like We're great. Yeah.
0: And, it's, and no we matter have a lot of fun. <laughs> and no matter whether you're a dad or a mom, it's okay to be vulnerable at a certain time in your life. Um, and just rely on the support group and individuals around there, whether it's family, advisors, financial advisors. Um, so if someone, if a new mom going through the process were to open the door right now, uh, what is it that you would say to her about the divorce process to help her get through it?
2: Is somebody going to come through to uh, surprise us? I, will, I mean,
1: one of my, one of my friends uh, is just going through the process. And, you know, she was like, um, you know, and I looked at her and I'm like, well, you're on the path. You know, you're on the path and you're growing and whatever is not working is going to just fall apart. And I think we're going to see a lot of that, you know, after traumatic times, like a pandemic. I got divorced after Sandy. I mean, when thing, you know, that kind of shows what's happening. So there's a shift shift in consciousness and you try to do everything you can to solve your marriage and when it's not working anymore, it's okay. Sure. It's time to move on. It's time to grow. I think in any relationship, whether it's a marital relationship or any other relationship you stay in until you worked out your karma. If you're not benefiting anymore and you're not making each other happy, it's time to move on Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But I also feel that women in history, their identity, what we needed was to get married. Like, we weren't anything until we got married. So that was how women identified themselves. So now we need to kind of take that stigma off. And be, it's okay to be single. It's okay to be a single mom and, and happy. And Amen. And we have everything that we need, yeah. you know? So I think that we need to change that.
2: I think that... um For anybody who's considering it or is definitely going through it and starting the process, I think that um, they need to just focus on what makes them happy. Like, what what do you see in your life? You know, do you see that ending this marriage is what it's going to take for you to be happy with yourself? Um, You know, because you're the only person that gets to be alone with yourself every day. So you have to, you have to do what's best for you. You know, if this is hurting on your heart, if you have pain and you can't get through it, then this is, then divorce might be the answer for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would also, I would also encourage people to do things like counseling or, you know, individual counseling and counseling together, things like that before they decide if, because they might not be ready. You know, you see people, People get divorced and get back together and maybe that's healthy and maybe it's not healthy, but an objective third party can also help and, you know, can help a lot. And I think, I think in those situations.
0: Yeah. So many times I've seen people come through my door and I say, go on a date, go on a vacation, go to marriage counseling, you know, you're not ready. So, well, I really appreciate you coming. This has really been great and informative and, um, so I thank you.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome.